Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg podcast episode episode 503. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. We have Bucks playoff preview. We're going to run through all different storylines, things to talk about, get you ready for the Bucks playoffs. It is here. Get ready. Get excited. We have the schedule. Uh, that is out. Bucks are playing on Sunday afternoon against either the Chicago Bulls or the Miami Heat. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, uh, a little bit more. Uh, laughing at DeRozan's kid uh, as we just saw the Bulls win. And then we will talk about the Brewers, a few hodgepodge things, the boom and bust nature of uh, the the team. We'll talk about Brandon Woodruff a little bit. And then if there's time, we'll talk about the Packers. If not, I will talk about it on Friday's show. So, you you know, if, if we miss out, we will get some Packer, covered, Packer draft coverage in since we are two weeks away from the draft. So lots happening, lots rolling, but most importantly, Bucks playoffs. Mitch, you gotta be feeling good, man. All right. Yeah, I'm 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 excited. I'm it's kind of the calm before the storm uh right now. And just remember it is a two-month grind, uh roller coaster, glass case of emotions, all the uh the cliches you wanna you wanna bust out, it all they all apply when you are uh, uh a fan of uh of a high level basketball team, shall we say. And team that actually has a chance to to win i know it was cute watching the bulls play well uh they were great in the second half against toronto um and i even you know perhaps might think i'd rather see miami over the bulls i don't think i really do but um yeah uh just just ready to rock and roll here and kind of keep trying to keep the heart rate low as again um that will not necessarily be the case for the next hopefully a couple months yeah, no, I mean it's it's gonna be a grind. It always is. You kind of forget about it that it every every waking moment you're thinking about it a little bit. Every you know you're on pins and needles really from the start. You're you know you're you're full right away. Like right away you're into it. Um, watching every moment. Like trying not to get too excited if you get up early. Same thing if you get down early. Like just kind of as your point, keep your composure. It's it's big, but. It's fun, man, and it's too bad the weather is not going to stay. Uh, we've had some just great streak of weather uh, in the in the city of Milwaukee. Unfortunately, it's mid-April and it's unse- unseasonably warm, and that's exactly it's going to come back down to earth. So that's a bummer uh, because the Deer District would be rocking and rolling. Uh, but before we kind of get into some of the more overarching things, let's. You know, talk about the two matchups that potentially could be there for the Bucks. Bucks raised maybe a slight issue that they don't get a ton of time to prepare, but I feel like now they at least have the two teams in front of them, either Miami or Chicago. And we can start with the team we just watched, Chicago Bulls, with a comeback victory over the Toronto Raptors. And I I, I hear what you said about the Bulls and that they're they're playing good basketball, but I, I think it, the Bucks match up really well and I think they know what to do to exploit those matchups as they've already had a playoff series against this team. Yeah, th- that'll help. I think that the difference there would be that Chicago is probably a little more healthy um, and than they were last year. I Caruso yeah. was kind of in and out of that series. I don't know how many games exactly he played against the Bucks. Obviously, they're without Lonzo Ball, which at this point is kind of 
you know, if they're not used to not having Lonzo Ball at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, right. But I, I know that it's it's going to be an excuse, um, and that's fine. Um, but no, I mean, and the thing with the Bulls is they just they don't have anyone that can stop Giannis. I mean, you know, we can say it all day that nobody nobody can, but certain teams ha- have a knack to or an ability to slow him down as a team. I mean, really very few teams have, if any, have one guy that can do it. Um, but the Bulls don't really seem to, you know, know what to do with Giannis. They just, Patrick Williams is undersized. Um, Vucevic is way too slow. It's, um, and, and soft. It's kind of, you know, it's, they're just, there's really nothing there. And obviously Giannis is very important to what the Bucks do. I know I'm not breaking any news there, but I think this is a this is a pretty. I'm not gonna say a big postseason for him. He 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 got the big monkey off his back, I suppose. But you always want to get that second title. But it's just you know, Giannis is it has to be he has to trust his teammates. He has to be very yep. very smart. Uh, he did a very good job of that in 2021, and you know did a pretty good job of it last year. I think he, the Bucks were just ultimately a little shorthanded in that series right. against Boston. Yeah. Um. So, sorry, I'm rambling. I don't know if no, it's, I'm, it's okay. Uh, if it's all, it's pr- all good. Providing I mean, you anything substantial? No, it's. I mean, it's it's what you're saying though. It's like Giannis is going to be the the key cog in a in a series for any any series, but for the Bulls, he the spotlight gets a little bigger just because of what Chicago can't do against him. Um, and you've seen other guys step up against the Bulls. Javon Carter had some moments against the Bulls this year. Brooke Lopez did. Uh, Grayson Allen in the past, um, we got to see the health on Grayson Allen. Uh, but they, they, all these guys feel comfortable against Chicago. And then if, if you rotate to Miami in the past, I think we'd be worried about the heat, right? The heat are big, bad and scary. And Eric Spolster is a great coach, but I think it was apparent after watching that game against the Hawks, they, it's, it's unclear if they really want to be here. It's unclear if they really even want to be, you know, playing basketball, they're undersized, yeah. you know, on the wings. And while we have issues with other teams that have bigger wings, this actually team plays weirdly into the Bucks' hands on things not named Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis does all right against Bam. I think he's kind of figured out Bam in the last year. He had that triple-double. He was awesome uh, in that game in Milwaukee. I think it was early February of this year. And so I, I think that actually that Bucks heat matchup is a lot better than it used to be. Um, yeah, Jimmy Butler's still there, but again, I don't know. I don't really know if he want to play for four more games in this this season. Yeah, I don't. I don't really like that when you do that. But um, I'll, well, we'll do I'll, what? Do what? Like the guys don't want to play. I find that's bullshit. I mean, uh, but it, but it is. But I, like, like it's what, kind of a, part, like you okay. think you think these guys are out here saying, "Nah, fuck it, we're done." But I mean, Mitch, I, I, Mitch, I, I think like, it's a convenient thing to say when. When they when a team you know falls apart or whatever, I mean they're trying though. Like, I mean I, I'll say Miami is 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 older. I mean they're 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 the same team pretty much um, from the last couple of years, but just older. And and Lowry is fucking washed. Now that that doesn't mean that he won't have seven threes against the Bucks in a playoff game, but yeah. um, at some point. But um, I, the only person who really scares you with Miami is Jimmy Butler. And like he was not good against my uh, against Atlanta, that was that was interesting. So I mean, maybe maybe there's something there with that. I don't know. Yeah, and, and like here's the thing, just to clean it up. Like I'm not 
exactly when I say they don't want to be here, it's not necessarily like the act, like what you're kind of describing, the act of not wanting to be here. It's more about, it's more about like the attitude, team chemistry, and just the like the vibes, right? Like, he, teams can be in the NCAA tournament and they look dead as a dog in the first round, even though they're maybe the five seed, the six seed, or seven seed, but they ended the season poorly. There might be some consternation with the head coach. Um, and they just don't really, they don't really like the vibe of this team. And that's more what I'm saying is like, I just don't think the Heat really like each other. Like, I just think they're, you know, kind of just overplaying with one another. And to me, that's showed through in a game against the Hawks where you probably should have won. You were favored, like, and you, you just weren't in that game at all. Like not one, one iota were you in that basketball game. And they, you know, they didn't have like the run that the Bulls did where they came all the way back and all of a sudden it's a basketball game again. Yeah, I mean, it was – well, I, Miami was all right in the first half. They just – it was very similar to what happened in Toronto where just yeah. all of a sudden they couldn't do shit in the second half. And I honestly kind of forgot about Jimmy Butler, which is pretty rare to say, especially in the playoffs where he, yeah. you know, he becomes super aggressive and, you know – starts to earn his money a little bit, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Miami, that's why I'm thinking is like, who who scares me more? Because I, yeah, it's Butler, but, you know, Adebayo, I don't think is going to be much of a factor. Kevin Love's pretty much done. Yeah, he's washed. Um, does Oladipo even play for them? I don't think so. Yeah, not not uh, too much. I mean, there could be the random Max Struess. Gabe Vincent left the game with an injury. I, I don't remember what it was, uh, but you know that's the thing with the Heat is they do have oh, those yeah. guys who can Caleb have the, ran- the random blow up games, and that that's the thing that has worried you in the past. I mean, I, I think it hasn't been a factor as much this year, but in the past it's been all right. Max Struess has seven three pointers and carries you to victory, um, and I don't really know if you have that with Chicago. It's really DeRozan and Levine have to be on, or Vucevic for that matter for that Bulls team to be successful. And if one of them is off, they just can't score. They just don't have the guys to score. And, you know, while Caruso and Beverly can play defense, they just can't pick up that scoring if those if one of those guys is off. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree that. But the way Zach Levine looked tonight, oh, he yeah. was about as aggressive as I've ever seen him. And, yeah. Uh, that, you know, if they can play off him, that's one thing. Uh it's you're right. It is basically DeRozan, Levine, a little bit of Vucevic, and then you know Patrick Williams in the corner occasionally, uh, Caruso in the corner occasionally, Pat Bev occasionally. But I don't think any of those guys have have the type of ability to to even score twenty. You know, well maybe twenty points, but definitely not getting thirty from any of those guys. It'll be. Um, It'll be interesting to see how, you know, how the Heat respond to all the hate, too. Like, the Heat are that type of team where when their backs are against the wall, they tend to they tend to rise up. So, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overplaying it. Maybe they come out and they kick the Bulls' ass, and it's just sort of a statement game for them to say, like, all right, yeah, I know what you guys said about us. It was a bad night at, bad night at the office, but we're still, we're still a playoff team, you know, and – but we'll just we'll just sort of have to see. On to on to other things and other topics. Uh, the 
as mentioned with the Milwaukee Bucks, they are in the playoffs. We we know that as a number one seed, and there's a lot to get through. I I think there hasn't been a ton of talk about the Bucks heading into this, which is fine. Um, the Bucks seem seemingly are going to get shut out of the awards again. It's fine, which is uh, crazy. And, like I, I just got to say, like yeah, it's hilarious. I mean, we're going to get probably Giannis will be first team All NBA. Drew yeah. will probably be maybe second team All NBA. Yeah. Question mark. Right. But other than that, I mean, yeah, we're gonna get screwed out of out of out of all the major awards, which is crazy. Just like, I mean, I don't know. Best team in the league probably should have, if not the MVP, um, you know, DPOI or some six man right. or somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. There should be something that says, All right, yeah, this this team's pretty solid and that this team, you know, deserves acknowledgement and to be finish, I, I think that like the media and like the narrative shit is just so out of control. I, yeah, I feel like oh, it's. I mean, we're. I mean, it's like presidential elections. Like people are asking oh, Draymond yeah. Green, who's his MVP, and uh, I mean, even well, I know I love Ryan Russell, but he asked Paolo Banchero about it like two weeks ago. Like, who's your MVP? And I think he did say, yeah, he might have said Giannis, I believe, or he might have asked him. I think he didn't ask him who's your MVP. I think. He asked who, you know, who's di- more difficult to face, Giannis or Embiid, and Bon Caro said Giannis, and and but like, I I mean it's so yeah, it's like who are you endorsing? Like you know, it's like a governor for a, a swing state, and they're deciding to endorse this candidate versus the other candidate. It's ridiculous, and you're yeah, absolutely have, right. We had, we had people tweeting like live results of of MVP, MVP balloting votes. Yeah, like it was like it was election night, twenty twenty. Or something, right? It's it's just kind of, and I don't really know how you rein that in because everybody loves the content and they just and people aggregate it and it's never it's kind of never going to stop unless they make it a silent vote, kind of like you do with the NBA, the NFL, where you don't know who gets voted for for awards until it comes out. You know, is that something that Adam Silver might think to to do to kind of curtail some of this and not have people? be influenced by group things like the Evan Mobley stuff makes no fucking sense. I don't get it. I don't know where yeah. it came from. I don't, is it just like, all right, this is a young promising player and we're going to give it to him. Like if that's the case, like why wouldn't you give it to Walker Kessler? Like, I know he's, a, I know he's a rookie, but like, in my opinion, well, like, go ahead. Simmons, Evan Mobley is that's Simmons favorite non-Celtic. I think that's pretty yeah. clear. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's really, really hitched his wagon to that star. Yeah, and, and I and I like for the record, I like Evan Mobley too. Like I like, but, and that was before Simmons. Like I watched him at USC. I'm like, this guy's gonna be great. Like I I would take him with the first pick overall. But go ahead. But for the same reasons that he downgrades Brooke, he should probably be downgrading. Like Mobley has Jared Allen, who's like, yes, I mean, a top five rim protector, and you know, so Brooke can't win it because he's got two other all NBA defenders on his, on the court at the same time with him, but Mobley can, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And yeah, I don't want to feed into the toxicity, but (laughs) no, it, but I mean, it, in terms of like, to kind of get into stuff talking about this, you know, with the playoffs, it's best case scenario for the bucks besides winning the title. Obviously that is the number one best case, best case scenario. Number two, I think is all of these guys playing at the premier level 
where they make all of these media members feel fucking stupid for not voting Giannis for MVP, for not voting Brooke for yeah. for Defensive Player of the Year, for not voting Drew Holiday second team All NBA if he doesn't get it. Um, maybe even for not voting Drew Holiday as Defensive Player of the Year or in your top three for Defensive Player of the Year. Bobby Portis, Sixth Man of the Year. Now I I can hear the arguments against Bobby for Sixth Man of the Year because he doesn't play defense, and if we want to be critical of Nikola Jokic and a little bit of Embiid for their defense, we have to be critical of Bobby in the same vein. We can't be hypocrites. And so, but if all those guys have massive playoffs, we're going to make a lot of media members look fucking stupid for, for what they did. And the last part about this, and I'll, I'll get off my soapbox and ask you about best case stuff. No one's acknowledging the fact Chris Middleton barely played basketball this year. Like no one cares. And it's like they still were the number one team in the East. They were the best team in the NBA. Yet it doesn't matter that their second best player, according to whatever metric you want to look at, didn't play most of the season. And like, how is that getting just shoved under the rug? How is that not being taken seriously? It's just, it's absolutely mind blowing to me. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, well, we're the new Spurs, we're the new Spurs. And it's like, I get that. But at the same time, we have a guy in Giannis Antetokounmpo that's moving merch. Like Bucks were the fifth highest team in merch sales for any any of the teams in the NBA. Think about that: Milwaukee Bucks, City of Milwaukee, small speed one of the small speed markets, fifth fifth yeah. biggest in terms of merchandise. That's all Antetokounmpo, yes, but should get a little more respect than being the new fucking Spurs. All right, I'm done. Should get a little more respect than being on NBA TV. Uh, I, the NBA TV doesn't bother me as much because the Celtics and the Suns and Clippers are all playing there. It's they're just trying to move along the first round of the playoffs, which I think is the other complaint is that they're trying to get like three games a night really from, from the get go, which I, I think the only game, the only night that doesn't have three games is Monday night. Um, and that, that only has two, but and yet yeah, we still have two, two days off in between games. Right. Uh, which I, I mean, that's should benefit everyone, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine with that, but I mean, best cases, I, Chris Middleton, I think uh, it, him, I guess, bouncing back and showing his showing his worth, I think, to the, to the team. And and you're right. There has been a lot of it, it gets acknowledged, but it kind of gets gets brushed aside that Middleton has not played much this year. And a lot of the games, I shouldn't say a lot, but a few of the games he played that first time he came back, he did not look like himself. He did not look like he touched a basketball, <laughs> frankly. Yeah, uh, for for a few months, and you know, obviously much better when he came back, and uh, has since finally gotten the starting lineup after twenty games of nonsense with, of him coming off the bench. Um, at first, I kind of understood it, but after a while, I was like, "All right, dude, he's he's good to go." So to cut uh, in, I think I do think that was like a Bud was being superstitious and just wanted to ride out the winning streak, and was like, "All right, well, we're not going to screw up a good thing here, but go ahead, continue." Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's possible. I mean, do you think he's really that superstitious? No, probably that? not. That's a little, he's maybe like, a... first it's weird. Like he's, he's obviously, I don't know, probably one of the more stubborn coaches in mm -hmm. the league or, or at least in terms of good teams. So it's interesting. I don't know. Is he, is he, I don't know. Does, does that make him stuck in his ways if he does that or just, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm sorry, I I derailed you. So continue. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I don't know if you have anything more to add about Middleton, but I just to add on, I 
I think, yeah, Chris having an awesome playoffs would be such a good reminder to everybody too of like, all right, yeah, this is what this team looks like when they're at full tilt and when they're when they're doing it. And you're probably going to need Middleton a little bit because the thing maybe we're not talking about enough and I don't see enough of it is Drew Holiday is, has been awesome this year. This has been a career year for Drew, as we said, all NBA. But when he really is exerting himself defensively, the offensive game fades. We heard P.J. Tucker talk about it a lot in the 2021 run with facing off against KD. Now, is Drew Holiday better than right. than than P.J. Tucker? Absolutely. 100 times over. But I do worry a little bit about when Middleton – why we need Middleton to, to kind of produce offensively is because I don't know if we can bank on Drew Holiday being able to be a 20 to 25-point scorer in the playoffs. Yeah, which is why someone like Jay Crowder could be very important. And I know that most Bucks fans are anticipating him being a huge factor uh, in the postseason. But I guess he didn't really have anything in the regular season, Jay Crowder that is, to make me get overly excited about his defensive ability. And then again, I didn't really with P.J. Tucker either at the time, and once the postseason came, it was like, all right, at least you have this guy who, to your point, you know, PJ Tucker did not have to shoot. You know, he he right. he only did when when he got when he got the ball and he was wide open in the corner, and he made some of them. You know, I mean, a couple of them timely. You know, some of them not really, and missed some big ones too. I'm sure, but what you remember for from him was just being as much of a thorn in the side of Kevin Durant as as possible and Durant's numbers look good he was a fucking bitch in that series and you know I I mean it's just it was amazing to have a, a front front row view of facing that guy in a series but yes. he, he he wore him out I mean and yes. clearly by the end of game seven Katie had nothing left and that was yeah I mean crazy and I don't know they're they're gonna have to probably find someone that can step into that role Jay Crowder probably gets the first crack at it um, because I don't know who else there is that well, possibly I, has the profile of somebody that's got decent size, some some defensive intensity, and uh, some ounce of athleticism. The only well, the only other one that maybe fits that is Wes Matthews, right? Like, and Wes Matthews' yeah. ability to I know I know he's not that quick. I I know the quickness isn't there. But I just think about that Clippers game where he was a huge part of why the Bucs won that game and they came back was because he basically took on Paul George and Kawhi by himself and shut them down. And they didn't do shit down the stretch. And I know it's one mm-hmm. game, right? It's a it's not not everything. I do think yeah. it's been I've been curious that the Bucs have sort of not used Wes Matthews maybe as what we'd expect or games he missed and, you know, random, oh, he has calf soreness, oh, he has ankle soreness. It's like, is it almost like the car that you're kind of keeping in the garage and that you're going to bring out come playoff time? And I'm not saying like, oh, yeah, Wes Matthews is going to be the P.J. Tucker of the playoffs, but can you use Wes for just 10 minutes, you know, in the first half or early third quarter to just frustrate somebody and kind of, Get in there, get in their jersey a little bit, and see if that can can kind of disrupt the flow. I've got a couple names that, you know, I'm getting, and you can feel feel free to tell me to shut the fuck up, but no, Thanasis. Oh or, yeah, 
or Marjan just for, just for, you know, you know, and we're talking probably down the road here and not necessarily first round series, but I, like I go back to like the Brooklyn series when Thanasis all of a sudden started, started getting thrown out there, like at the end of the first half, just yeah. to be a fucking pest for 30 seconds and get the crowd fired up. Um, now you, you'd need someone, those guys would fit the profile more of what I'm talking about, I guess, with just an irritant and cause like Joe Ingles, I mean, God bless him. He can't stay in front of a fucking chair. No, and, his, his and, lateral quickness is gone. Yeah. And that's, that's fine <laughs> to some extent until you have to guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird because, you know, you, I can throw all the names out I want, but how realistic is it that somebody, you know, we're not playing 12 guys in a playoff game. Um, no. And to, and to add people to the rotation in and out of the rotation tends to, tends to be weird in the playoffs. I don't want to say de- maybe detrimental, but it's something that doesn't really happen. So I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. And I, I do think there are some unsung hero potential with a lot of those guys. And maybe some yeah. of them aren't really more unsung heroes. I think Ingles can still have moments offensively that are huge. And, you yeah. know, the Bucks oh, yeah. stalled a lot when they brought in second units um, it during the last few playoffs. And I think Ingles' playmaking ability allows for that stalling not to exist. And I still – I think he can have some moments – you know, come the playoffs. And yeah. since we're oh god. He's probably he's probably a candidate for your your first round all-star. Oh yeah. I mean, let's let's get into it. I mean, that's the the honorary Bryn Forbes who got canceled, so we can't really mention Bryn Forbes' name. And Grayson Allen, first round star star, you know, watch basically. And yeah, I think Ingles would be a guy where everyone falls in love with Joe. It's you know, everyone's expecting every three to go in. And then he can't make anything after round one. I, I think Joe's a little bit more of a heady pro where that, that wouldn't happen yeah. and still make an impact. But yes, I could certainly see Joe Ingles having an awesome series against the Bulls or the Heat and then kind of not not being as awesome the rest of the way through. Well, I agree with you that he's he does I mean the reason the Bucks went and got him was he fills that need of a second unit playmaker. Um almost a backup point guard of, of sorts. And uh, they didn't really have that. I mean, you're not, you're not getting the playmaking from Javon Carter like that. You know, Joe Ingles is just very smart and whatever he lacks in athleticism, he, uh, you know, he can make up for with, uh, he's great in pick and roll. He's, you know, he kind of seamless basically from the first game he played back in, I think December. Yeah. You know, it just seemed like he had chemistry with Brooke and like those two guys are, you know, a lot of people have chemistry with Brooke. I mean, he's a great guy. He's a great player, just a model citizen. And yeah, uh, you're a dude. And uh, obviously an experienced veteran too, and kind of knows how to play. Um, so yeah, you know, I, you're right. I, I also don't see Joe Ingles necessarily disappearing and or going ice cold. Um, knock on wood. I just feel like he's, he's been, doing it for so long that I just don't see that happening. And yeah, the shot has looked for the most part, pretty good. I think he's leading the team in three point percentage. Yeah. If not, he's, he's I mean, right up there. He's been red hot. I think he's over 55% since March. It's been crazy. Yeah. The, so it definitely seems like he's been better, you know, the last, 
you know, since the all-star break. The obvious one is Javon Carter. Like Javon Carter is fits the profile, right? Like a guy who has a few more minutes, um, you know, has, you know, is comfortable, you know, against the team like the Bulls. We've talked about Javon Carter. While I think he's gotten better, he's definitely had those moments where plays a big team, kind of shits his pants a little bit. Um, it to me that feels like the guy that I wouldn't be surprised if we have one big Javon Carter first round game and then we don't really hear from him offensively again. I think he'll still play because of the defense, but uh, yeah. I just, at some point I'm waiting for Javon Carter, 40, 40% plus three point shooter to, to kind of die. Like I'm waiting for the other shoe to fall. I know that sounds terrible. Sounds pessimistic as a fan, but it just kind of doesn't. That's loser talk, like, Charlie. That's it is. Talk. You're right. You're right. It is. I, maybe I should <laughs> stop doing that, but that's Javon's definitely that just, guy for me. I'm, I'm mocking you. Yeah. Uh, I know you are. Got it. I was just laughing because I was thinking about Pat Bev and Javon Carter going at oh, it. Oh God! Um, two two Chicago guys, uh, two fucking scrappy, feisty, fucking just irritants. Uh, that would be. I mean, Javon's not really a uh, not necessarily as uh, theatrical as Pat Bev is, um, but kind of the 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 play style is is similar um, oh yeah for sure that would be i think javon carter is a little better and thank god that george hill's not around we we love george hill we wish him well but i don't um, i'm not a huge george hill guy i'm fine george hill's not here i feel like I, you know like we talked about they're bringing back guys who are on that bubble team like wes and george and like right. you know we we need to we need to forget that ever ever fucking happened that's what scares me about wes matthews i mean i would love to get him a title but you know yeah he carries that stink i mean yeah it's I don't know. I, I hope it's not real, but I guess we'll find out uh, yeah. this year because it's probably it got to be one of his last last goes here. If for not, for if sure. Not last. Yeah, I'm sure like Marquette would have a position for him. Just Shaka would put him on like quality control for the team. Like he could easily stay and, you know, get a little money, get a little money from uh Would from, an NBA player, a, would a fucking 15-year veteran in the NBA do that? I mean, it would be like a cushy, like player development type bullshit where you're just wearing a polo and talking to recruits and shit like that. Where and you're you're not going to games and you're working like nine to five, so probably not even working nine to five. Yeah, I don't know. I would have to think about that one for a yeah. while, and I'll get back to you on that one. Any but... other any other first round stars that are just like it's like okay, this will flash a pan and not we won't see it again. Um. Javon is a big one. I guess that yeah. one yeah, I mean that's you, you brought that up and I he he probably will be it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean that's everybody else I, I would expect, you know, high level yeah. play. So right. I can't really can't really think of any if there's anyone else. I mean no. I was gonna say Bobby, but I mean Bobby's shooting has been tremendous of late. So Yeah, he figured something out. Gotta, Lord, I hope that that carries over. They they must have got rid of Lethal Shooter, even though he was <laughs> he was on Thanasis's podcast like this 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 past week. Yeah. Uh, so he must be still involved with the organization. Yeah, it's just yeah, maybe they're just like yeah, we're not listening to this guy as much. We're gonna just a little less Lethal Shooter, a little more Bud principles and things like that. What do you think is like the one thing that people are talking too much about, or like that you're like yeah. I don't know how big of a deal this is. Like you could say it's overrated. You could say it's overhyped, like stuff where you're just like, yeah, 
we're just hearing too much of this, you know, how he did to the playoffs. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe the uh, – maybe the lack of offense for the Bucks. I mean, or just, just – The assumption how... – kind of the assumption that it's just going to be like same old Bucks in the playoffs like it has been for the last couple of years. Yeah. Or maybe uh, – I got a good one now. Sorry. Uh, oh, it's okay. Boston beating the shit out of us uh, and the fact that, you know, that was at a night. That was, a, that was a nice win for Boston tip, tip of the cap, but it was under fake circumstances. The yeah. Bucks would not be, would not be coming off a four game road trip, uh, five game in seven days. That's just not going to happen in the playoffs. And I, I, I would caution Celtics fans or media people to take a ton from that game. I, I mean, Absolutely, that that series goes seven games, probably. Unfortunately, um, but let's pump the brakes a little bit on um, certainly Boston being forty points better than the Bucks. You see a lot of that on Twitter. Yeah, sure. yeah, I I think that's very true. I think this idea that Boston's going to win in five or win in, even in in six seems ridiculous, um, especially. They just – it's – I think you can't really glean a lot from a lot from the regular season. It makes it really hard to kind of see what we're going to have because of all the different stuff, like who load managed, who did it. Like I, I don't want to sound like an old guy here and be like, oh, the load management, the load management. But it is true that it's it's kind of hard to to put your finger on, all right, this, this matchup's really bad for – Team X because because Team Y beat him four times, but then you look and you're like, all right, certain guy was out, certain guy was out. So, I yeah, I agree with you. I think that the Boston Milwaukee series will be a rumble, but you do have to kind of take it, you know, as all right, this is resetting the deck. And honestly, the same for Philadelphia. I think there would be uh, some cockiness for Bucks fans about a Philadelphia series, and I I certainly probably would play into that a little bit too. But we do need to caution ourselves there. Like, Embiid would be the guy that would beat the shit out of Giannis. And how do you figure? How do you avoid some of that? How do you? How do you keep the wear and tear at a minimum for Giannis if you deal with Embiid, right? And so I think you know all this is is resetting the deck, really, no matter the team you're playing. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that that's unfortunate. I mean, look at look at Sacramento. Part of the reason they were so good is their guys played all the game. They're all the yeah. games. I mean, there, there's very little, their guys missed, I think occasionally um, some games, but I think they had their starting five, like 70 games this year. You know what I mean? So their records probably a little bit inflated. That doesn't mean I'm not rooting for them. I, I honestly, if I had a gun to my head, I don't even know if I'd have an answer. Who's going to win that series. Um, <laughs> You'd be dead then. You'd be dead. Probably. That, yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, no, I I think for me on, on that side is I just think the Cleveland is like ready to Cleveland's like the sneaky, you know, no one's talking about Cleveland that they could find their way to the Eastern Conference Finals. I I don't see that at all. I really don't. I no. I think people are missing that. You know, if you again, I mentioned this last week's pod, so I I sorry for repeating myself, but. 
look at their ATS, their against the spread for those who will gamble as underdogs. They have not done well as an underdog. They are not good, you know, in that role. And I think that says a lot. And that says like, that's not a team that's ready to sort of take that next step. No also is like that is Memphis. And I feel like they're kind of the same where it's like they are they're still a year away from really being like, all right, we gotta take Cleveland seriously. I think we have a totally different conversation about the Cleveland Cavaliers next year. Like I think when we're doing this next year, God willing, like we're we're talking about the Cavs in a in a much different light because I, I think they will level up right. and, and get better. I also think Yeah, like, I mean those two real quick, those two teams, yeah. Cleveland and Memphis, their rosters are probably not finished. Yeah. I mean, they're Memphis clearly needs veterans. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but it could be Andre Godala, honestly, just to sit there and be the Udonis Haslam of their team would, would probably, and, and it could have been that way, but he didn't want to play there. Right. Um, and yeah, then for Cleveland, Cleveland, they have to, they got to figure out their small forward position and which I don't know how they can't. I mean, with that starting five, you should, you should be able to just put a warm body out there at, at the three spot. And Right. Um, but clearly well, they're, it, they're having trouble. And I think if, you know, the Cavs fans listening, they point out, oh, Poro's been shooting the ball really well and, like, he's, you know, kind of figuring it out. But do you really trust Isaac Kokoro in a, in a big game? Like, I know Donovan Mitchell's hit some big shots, but – I think what gets memory hold by people is Donovan Mitchell shot the Jazz out of some games. Now, did Donovan Mitchell win some games yeah. for the Jazz? Yeah. But sometimes Donovan Mitchell forgets he has teammates in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's and like – And that's part of the nature of of players like that where they're high-volume shooters or scorers. You know, you're James Harden, um, Donovan Mitchell, even like C.J. McCollum. Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, guards yeah. that are that – are, offensive players that score a lot and they if they're bad i mean zach levine tamar Rosen. i mean right. these guys like, i mean if, if it, they're if they're taking 25 shots and they're they only make seven tatum dame lillard yeah tatum dame lillard not in the playoffs but dame lillard's like the classic example classic yeah and yeah. and yeah so a uh, few other things what derails the title like what is the thing where if the bucks don't make it like what are we what are we talking about like what's the What's the thing that does it? Is it just Boston's bad? Boston's Boston won one more game than us. They beat us in the the pseudo finals. Is it is it you know an injury? Is it something else? What what would you say? Uh, not going to entertain the injury idea because of course okay. that would be um a problem. But I just don't really want to. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no, I uh, I hear you. I mean, it's it's the shooting. Uh. It's role players shooting. Uh, can the can the Bucks shoot even league average in the in, in the playoffs once? That'd be great, um, because there's just a lot of seven for thirty three point performances, you know, or seven for forty uh, in in the playoffs. And there are just some games where you need all role player to go off. You know, yep. you saw it against the Bulls last year with with Grayson and and Bobby in a couple of games. Um, Grant Williams against the Bucks, right? Multiple times, fucking Al Horford. Yeah, um, you know, it's I guess shooting and or role players not stepping up. Now, having said that, how much of that is 
is is Giannis getting mauled by by Boston or Philly or whoever, and nobody's making shots around him. Is that chicken or the egg? You know, I don't know. But there are times where it's like Giannis does try to do too much, and and part of that could be because nobody's making any shots. So um, that to me is is probably the biggest thing. And it's a make or miss league. I know it's it's not not necessarily uh, big brain stuff here, but it's got to no. shoot league league average. Right. I think I think I'd go back to the conversation we had earlier about Drew Holiday and just not having the offensive production because he's exerting on defense and Chris Middleton doesn't come back to what come back to form. Right. And he just struggles. And then they kind of it's it's off your point about making shots. It's like they can't they have to rely a little too much on Giannis in the final five minutes and just doesn't doesn't work. And the Bucks lose a couple playoff games. They shouldn't. And before you know it, they're bounced. And it, you go, you just go back to the health of Middleton, you know, at the end of it. Um, and I mean, quickly, like I, I kind of think Middleton has the most pressure on him this in this playoffs. Like I think there is a, it's kind of back to pre twenty twenty one. I hate that for him. I think he gets a lot of vitriol from fans. Um, I think there, if we did a draft of you know guys who get the most hate, unnecessary hate. Chris Middleton's probably my top pick uh, just mm-hmm. because he played such a large role in winning the championship. And that gets forgotten because we want to talk about the 50 point game from Giannis and him coming back from the knee injury and all that's great. But like, don't lose sight that Middleton, you know, basically won that game three for the bucks against Brooklyn, where they lose that game. They're down three Oh, and we're buds, not the coach. Uh, we don't have a championship probably. And everything changes. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, that's that's who I thought of right away in terms of who had the most pressure. Uh, it's it's Middleton just because you're right. He gets – he's always in the limelight uh, for better or for worse and with the fan base. And, you know, him being out, a lot of people I think have – him being out last postseason, a lot of people stuck their necks out saying, well, we didn't have Chris Middleton. So I think he's got to – He's got a show and he's kind of in a contract here. So yeah. um, if not, you know, this year, then for sure next year. And yeah, he's got, he's got some, some work to do. I mean, I, I think that the Bucks have every intention of bringing him back. I don't see it otherwise, but um, how much that will be for, who knows? And a lot of that may hinge on what happens in this postseason. Right. And indeed, if, you know, if Giannis takes a long look in the mirror and I think Giannis is a loyal guy, but I think Giannis is a smart guy and sees the struggles that Middleton keeps having with injuries, he might say like, look, go get me Dame Lillard. Right. I I don't personally like the idea of Dame Lillard. I don't necessarily understand from some Bucks fans. And that's a whole like other topic that we don't need to get into, but it's, it's like, you know, it, would that happen? You know, would Giannis say, all right, we need to kind of need to bring in, you know, someone else and someone else needs to be that second guy for me and needs to kind of be that closer because Chris, we just can't, we can't rely on him from a health perspective. Now you'll have him for another year. If he chooses his player option, I feel like at this point, Middleton would be foolish not to. I think 
if you want to maybe brightside it, even with the injury, as long as, you know, it doesn't derail things, um, you get him. Yeah. It's 47 million a year. Yeah. That's expensive as shit, but you don't have to worry about trying to figure out a new deal, at least for next year. And you can just sort of say, all right, Dex, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll push it to next year, try to work on that extension. And maybe they tell Middleton like, Hey, look, this is what we can give you just with all the injuries. Yeah. And I'm not a cap expert, but I'm pretty sure that the Bucks can't, he can't just walk and they can't just fill that, that contract slot. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like, just for people listening, like, it's not like you can just, Oh, uh, Middleton opts out and you don't resign him. And then, uh, you know, you go, you go find somebody else making 40 million a year. I mean, you can't really, no, you have to, you'd have, you'd have to keep him and then probably trade him down the line. And I don't even know if, with the new CBA. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? You know, the new, anyway. the new CBA is very confusing. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, the idea would be then a sign and trade. So that's like, how does Dave Miller come to town? It's a sign and trade with Chris Middleton and a few yeah. other pieces, obviously. And Lillard's also under contract until the end of time. Oh so yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Lillard you'd, has be, a, you'd, really, be, you'd be, you'd be stuck with him until he's yeah, like 40. Yeah. Lillard has a really hard contract and he's low key injury prone. So again, a, that totally different discussion for another time. Um, so I, I was going to move to the finals unless you want to talk about some of the other stuff. Just feel like we've, we've kind of covered, covered yeah, we're, most. We're, um, we've done, we've done enough. I think we're, we're so ready. if the buck, if the bucks do get to the NBA finals, who do you think they're, who do you think they're playing in that, in that series? The Lakers. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, Kendrick, shout out Kendrick Perkins, that fucking loser. Uh, he voted for Giannis. Oh well, okay. I mean, <laughs> then he went on TV and said the Lakers are going to go to the finals. So uh, listen, man, Perk, Perk is a absolute like spin the wheel. You just don't know what you're going to get. He's like the Price right. Is Right wheel. You just kind of just Lakers. Like he, I, I feel like that's how he does his takes. Right. Exactly. Uh, having said that, it is it is tough, and I mean, oh yeah, the national media is really struggling with with this because. They just they want to take. <laughs> it might be Phoenix, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's they're very very sexy. Um, it's Durant. I understand. The Rosillos of the world, they just automatically if it's Durant. <laughs> they're they're going to the finals. I really have a hard time disagreeing per se, but. Um, Chris Paul's pretty much done. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they can hide him or do whatever they got to do to minimize his, you know, impact on games, if you will, for good or for good or for bad. Um, I guess I'd go with Phoenix if I had to pick somebody. I, I thought about Phoenix. I actually thought about the Clippers cause I just, I don't know. Ty Lue, good coach. I, Paul George scares me though. Like, yeah. do I really trust Paul George for two months to just he's got that, keep his he's shit got, together? He's got that stink on him. Oh yeah, I mean him, James well, Harden. We could, I mean, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on like the stink ratings about who has the biggest stink on them heading into this thing. And that's a Golden State. I just can't trust the inability to win on the road. That I can't just think you could flip the switch like that. I will say there is some 
precedent to a defending champion go, coming out from the six seed. The clutch, the clutch city rockets, uh, were a six seed. Kenny Smith basically was like, "Yeah, we fucked around that entire year, and then we just decided to dial it into the playoffs." So it has happened before, um, which you know is is interesting uh, that there is a precedent there. But I will say Denver. I don't feel great about it. I don't think Mike Malone's that great of a coach. I think that he's just kind of okay. His his bench stuff is really bizarre. But I will I will say Denver for the sake of being different. For my lack, you know what? I'm gonna say I'll go with the Clippers. Fuck it, I'll say the Clippers. We'll just do it. I like Ty Lue. I like Kawhi. I not feel great about Paul George. I hate all these teams. There's there's no there's nothing that feels good about it. It's it the West yeah. is clearly unpredictable. A lot of lot of good, not great. Right, and like I mean, look, I I have the Oklahoma City New Orleans game on. This game kicks ass. Like I'm like one of these teams, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, too bad. I mean, it really is too bad what happened in New Orleans. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I they, I... they easily would have been top four, probably. Listen, if New Orleans was fully healthy and they, you know, had Zion, I probably would have said... I might have said New Orleans. Or, honestly, Memphis, you know, it's just been so weird. Like, they did look good when Jock came back, but Dylan Brooks is already talking shit about the Lakers. And it's like, at some point, that's going to that's gonna burn... That I've seen it so many times where the guy just talks too much shit and just it it derails a playoff series. And yeah, I don't know. Derails my word of the uh podcast of the Pierce. I usually have one. Bucks and Suns rematch in the finals, though. Locked yeah. Up. Yeah, I mean then we'd add we'd add the Suns as a franchise. Um, you know, if we beat them. I mean, then you just kinda have to fold. And we'd end Durant. I mean, that would be the other thing. I mean, they're There'd be a ton of narratives to that series, you know, beyond just it's the rematch. It would be Chris Paul for a title. It would be Durant's revenge. It would be, you know, can Giannis get his second one? There'd be storylines out the wazoo for that one. For sure. So let's we'll see. Well, I'll be excited. We'll be excited to uh, reconvene and talk more about the Bucks playoffs throughout uh, the next couple of months. Uh, moving on to the Milwaukee Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers lost their first series of the year to the Arizona Diamondbacks. It was unfortunate. Uh, the Brewers really didn't play well in this series besides a couple innings on uh, Tuesday, as well as Corbin Burns um, in general. It was a really awesome Corbin Burns game. I guess it, besides some of the you know few bright spot innings, does the boom and bust stuff of the buck or the Brewers, excuse me, scare you at this point, or is it still too early to be like, yeah, that's the Brewers thing that we're gonna have to, we're gonna be bitching about all year? Um, I mean, I've noticed it obviously, but uh, I'm not too scared yet. I I do think that the lineup is deeper than it was last year. I think there are better hitters, more contact. These young guys seem to be. I mean. Weimer's not much of a contact guy. No. But um, Mitchell and Terang, certainly Terang, Mitchell's had got, you know, has three home runs already, which is, I didn't necessarily expect. But um, I think Terang is much more of a, a hitter or a contact hitter. And guys like Brian Anderson, who I think came down back, got, came back down to earth a little bit. 
Right. You know, I just think overall the lineup is a little deeper and a little more, I feel like, consistent. And I'm I'm not super worried, but there's, you know, they could have gotten shut out today. And, you know, they put together another decent seventh inning. Uh, and then the bullpen finally gave up some runs. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not too worried. It's it's pretty early yet. I, I need probably a little bit more sample. But as of this point, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. I think also, too, we got to remember with young guys, they kind of get in their own heads a little bit. Like, I feel like the awful umpiring on Monday night really just kind of got into everybody's head and everybody just sort of lost their shit a little bit. And I think as the year goes on, they're going to kind of be able to filter some of that out and under, and just be like, all right, just keep playing baseball. And they kind of took themselves out of the game. And, and I think being down early and not, not necessarily knowing how to come back. I feel like once the Brewers come back once, it'll kind of open the floodgates. Cause again, you have a young team. And they haven't done it before. They they don't they don't understand. When they're when things are going well, it's great. But it's too bad they didn't kind of get was that a, chance. There was a, was it the the game the walk off against the Mets the day that was it one of those where the Brewers were up and the Mets came back and tied it on them. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I I you're right. I I screwed that up. The Mets did. You're right. The Mets were up six to four in that game, and then the Brewers came back. Tied it at six, and then uh, Mitchell hits the walk off. So they did, they did do it once. So there, there is an ability. I don't think it's there, but it, I, it seems like yeah, when they do, you know, kind of have these these scoreless streaks, they have they have trouble kind of squaring it up and just being like, all right, just let's reset, get our shit together. And yeah, it was it was too bad they weren't able to sort of you know complete complete the comeback tonight or even really get that chance because of the. The Gus really felt it felt like they were gonna, and then yeah, Chafin has this just like they turn this crazy double play, yeah. And then the, the, like the next batter, he, he catches a line drive right back to him. Yeah, I mean, the Brewers. It was just one of those games where Brewers didn't catch any breaks, and that's gonna happen in baseball. You should have those games where like, and then the next inning, uh, Weimer missed one right off the end of the bat. Luke Voigt missed one right off the end of the bat. Both would have been through on homers if it's a little bit more on the barrel. So again, then it's six, seven to six and who knows what happens in the ninth inning. And you, and I think, you know, some of the momentum stuff gets overplayed. Like Vinny, Vinny Ritchie was like, well, Bruce had momentum, but then they, the, the Diamondbacks had momentum. But I do think like when you're putting a little pressure on and also to the overall like narrative around that Diamondbacks bullpen was they were awful last year and they're, they're trying to retool it. Um, and so we'll see, but, it, well, now, yeah, he, now they have they have four games set in San Diego, which is yep, you know, a nightmare. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, San Diego is not playing great though. I mean, San Diego, no. yes, is an awesome lineup. It's you know, you're basically scared no matter really who's on the map, who's who's up to, at the plate. But any the, any chance the, of shit on the Padres, Chuck's going to take it. No, no, no. I love my boys from Divine Sports Gospel. I I chirped them, said it was going to be a good weekend. Sure, I'm gonna get pissed at them at some point because they'll say something negative about the Brewers or just something about Josh Hader and throw it in my face. But at the same time, like I like the Padres. I like you know what the Padres are about. Um, you know, I had Matt on the show last year, and he kind of laid out a case for Manny Machado that I had to like at least respect a little bit. 
but I still was like, yeah, but he's a prick. Like I can't, can't really get past. They stepped on Jesus Aguilar. Like that's, since one of those things that's just kind of hard to forgive, but yeah, I mean, that lineup is, it's really, it's really tough, you know, one through six with Grisham, Machado, Soto, Bogarts, Cronenworth, Matt Carpenter, who has always killed the Brewers. It gets Nelson ugly. Cruz. It gets, yeah, Nelson Cruz, who doesn't play every day. Uh, but then when you get to like Austin Nola and uh, Odor and uh, I don't know who this Dixon character is. Uh, who is that? Brandon Dixon? Yeah, no one knows who the fuck that guy is. Like they they do like their lineup kind of falls off a little bit. They're they're a little more top heavy right now because Tatis isn't there. And the Brewers do catch a break and they don't have to deal with Tatis for this series. They'll have to deal with him when he when they come to Milwaukee later this year. But the the Brewers do get fortunate that there's no there's no Tatis here uh to come back. Cause that would be that would be the worst case if you're coming back to San Diego and it's the return of Tatis this weekend. That that would be bad. That I would not be feeling good. But it's yeah, pitching matchups don't exactly lure much confidence because it's you have Eric Lauer and Wade Miley uh, with Freddie Peralta in the middle, and I don't know what they're doing tomorrow. Is are they going to go or today? Are they doing a bullpen game? I didn't see the comments from Council after the game. I did not either. That's a good question. Oh, I, I'll I do go know that. Up. I do know that it was TV, TV, uh, classically. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see anything. Just kind of quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll look up, I'll look up, uh, Sophia Minute really quick and see, see if she has any, any, anything. Already, already did nothing. Nothing. Okay, so Craig's so keeping us, keeping us in the dark apparently. Uh, any, so Woodruff got hurt again. Um, on the IL with shoulder inflammation. Not exactly the best injury um, you want for your pitcher. Is there any fear, consternation of pain, Brandon Woodruff, with the now what seems like consistent injuries? Um, it, Brandon Woodruff is kind of, I wouldn't say he's borderline an injury prone, but it does seem like every year there there's something that, that Brandon's going with. Yeah, I, I just, well... He's 30. Yeah. Um, you know, played major division one college baseball. Yep. Has suddenly thrown quite a bit in the big leagues the last five years. And um, I guess, yeah, it's, I'm not too concerned. There have been some things that have, that have popped up the last couple of years. It is kind of like, kind of piddly shit. Um, right. He had the weird nerve, obviously, nerve thing. In terms of, yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he couldn't feel his fingertips or whatever, yeah. uh, which is a little bit of an issue for a pitcher. But um, yeah, just slightly. Yeah, um, I guess a lot of that would depend on what the contract is. You know, I mean, yeah. Let's let's be honest. The Brewers are not giving somebody a ten-year deal for two hundred million dollars or something like that. Um, unless his name's the less name. Uh, unless his name starts with Jackson and ends with Trio. Oh, just do it now. Yeah, I think so. I, I'm. I mean, did, I, did you see that fucking homer? I would, I would need at least. I would. I need at least one major league baseball game out of him before I. Yeah, do that. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I could. I, I could be there. I. I mean, are you are you regretting your trio hesitation from last summer? Because if people remember, no, you were not really. You were telling me to calm down, and then I saw this motherfucker. Chuck, I'll still of, tell you to calm down. <laughs> that home run. 
that home run yesterday, if you missed it, I posted it on the social networks. He mashed that thing. That thing was destroyed. Okay. Well, Whatever. I, I don't know. It's fine. I, I, I don't hate I don't hate the kid. No, obviously. I know you don't I, mean, I know you don't hate the guy. I know, I know. I I understand your tepidness. I do. I'm just I'm busting your balls. What I what I do best. Um I'm I will pro- say that. I just if he was a little older, I'd I'd feel better. It's just I know that you know, double A is double A. That means you're two steps away from the big leagues and and generally if you're ever at any point on a top ten of um you know prospects chances you know there's probably a 70 percent chance that you're that you're good i'm thinking of the dude from barstool that does the recaps of the top 10 prospect lists of the last like 20 years he did it you have you been seeing those no i haven't there's this like barstool baseball instagram account i think yeah he does and like about seven or eight of them from the top 10 lists are are you know pan out so yeah um, to varying degrees, right? But there are a couple stinkers in there, and I've just, you know, yeah, they have not had a prospect this this big, and maybe ever. Um, right. So I, I mean, I've said it lightly, and I I still am saying it lightly. I I think it's a way too big of expectation, and I know I'm not. I'm just a little podcast here in Milwaukee, but there is. I have like a. I get a Giannis feeling with him. Not gonna lie to you. Like I'm not gonna just like hide from it. I'm I'm not gonna say it, scream it at the mountaintops because like that is the pinnacle. But it there is a potential that he could have a Giannis like impact with the Brewers, and it's a different sport. There's no salary cap. These guys aren't as loyal as I think what we see in basketball. Giannis is also maybe one of one, but I it could happen, and that could be that could spring sort of a new era of Brewers fans. Cause I, I think trio would have that big of an impact where it's just, he's the thing to do in the summertime is, you know, watch Giannis in the playoffs and then go see trio and kind of balance out both. I don't know, yeah. but, but well, I, and that's, and that's exactly what the Brewers are missing. Um, oh yeah. Just like, you're, I mean, Yelich is not going to be what he was. I'm, I'm pretty convinced at this point. Um, I gave him a pass, I think, for 2020, 2021 because of the injuries and stuff. But, like, last year and what I've seen this year, I mean, I hope it's not the best that you're going to get from him. But, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I, You know, I hate to say it, but I think it's pretty obvious he was stealing signs because he's just so fucking lost more often than not at this point. And, of course, there are, you know, even once a game, you know, he'll – he'll he'll drill one and he'll barrel one and it's it's you know a nice single to left field but it just seems like clutch moments or not there's just so many non-competitive at bats at this yeah. point for somebody yeah, I mean, who, who was who was you know arguably the best player in the league for like two years right i mean, I mean it, I it's a fair it's a fair thing it's a fair thing to wonder about i i don't personally want to wonder one want to wonder about it's kind of like santa claus not being real like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna skirt by i don't what care you said. I mean, I, i'm 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 all about cheating in baseball no li- listen I love I, Ryan Braun. I, as I, I, a I don't care. we are we are probably the top ryan braun defender podcast like i think we no one defended ryan braun's honor more than we did 
Um, yes, you are right. So I mean, maybe cl- I clearly cheating is rampant in baseball. Oh, if they're, God. If they're doing things to to clean it up. I mean, look at Evan Gaddis. I mean, Evan Gaddis, take take the phone away, Bumps. Um, I don't know if you saw that where he was just just drunk talking about like he took PEDs. He knew what Homer. He told some girl on Twitter that her tits looked good. Like, like just 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 calm down, man. Just chill. Uh, but yeah. So uh, that's that's that. But uh, we've went long, uh, I guess, really quick on the Packers, like with the draft and everything coming up. We're two weeks away. Do you like they're not going to draft a quarterback in the, the second day, are they? Like this isn't going to be they are going to go like with this with a, you know, pick in the third round of the Packers select Tanner McKee from Stanford. Like that's not actually going to happen. Right. I'm not. I'm like getting more nervous that it's going to happen. And it it's kind of scares me. It might. Why does that scare you? Uh, I just don't think it's a need. Like, I, I think it's a next year problem. Like, I think let's see how love does bring in a Mason Rudolph, bring in a Blake Gabbert. And you could, dra- away, man. Uh, you could draft. They, they a, haven't you done. Could, they, they haven't had a veteran backup since Brett Favre was here. Since Yeah. Since Doug Peterson. Um, yeah. Since Craig Jim Nall. McMahon. Craig Nall. Shout out. Louisiana Lafayette um like yeah I just I don't know you want to draft well, you want you want to draft Sean Clifford in the fucking sixth round go ahead like I don't care Do they, I thought Sean Clifford was an awful fucking quarterback I don't understand I, I thought like, I watched a lot of Big Ten football Sean Clifford is not an NFL quarterback that guy stinks he's gonna be in the XFL in three years but <laughs> but you know go ahead be my guest I just I, I mean for for me, so I mean, the presumption is Rogers will be gone. Yes, and uh, I know that you and I both probably are. I'm not at 100 percent on that, but I'm pretty freaking close. It's obviously going to happen at some point, we think. But um, so then Jordan Love gets the keys, and I don't know what if it doesn't go like you think it should, and. At least with like a third round pick, you have somebody that's probably more talented than, or maybe as talented as Jordan Love. Yeah, you know. Um, no, yeah, it's true. And and it's it's, you know, they always say the best time to look to look for a quarterback is when you don't need one. Yeah, well, whatever, that's I mean you know? that's that's a fair point. I just feel like there are a lot of needs you got to fill in, and yeah, the offense the, the depth chart the offensive depth chart is striking right now. But like they didn't just, need they didn't need Jordan Love in 2020, and they did that. No, I know. And I'm I know. sure you defended that. Yeah, so. yeah, I have. You're right. I I did. No, that's a good point. That's a, that's a a good way to turn it on me. I just I'm not like I I think yes. It puts it also put. I guess the other part of it. Now I'm talking about you talking myself into this. Like it does put pressure on Jordan Love too, and like it's like all right, you're not comfortable. Like we are as if he doesn't have enough. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly, but so that, that'd be the, another argument to not do it. Yeah, that'd be that you you could counter and say, yeah, maybe that actually is a bad thing to not have the pressure. But man, oh man, it's it's interesting. This Rogers stuff's getting nasty. Like we are in the trenches right now. Like the Woody Johnson stuff that came out today, that basically it's like it was done. But Woody Johnson kind of got scared at the last minute, and he doesn't want to give up the unprotected pick because of what happened to Denver, like those, that's big source, big J shit. And I'll say this, like 
if that's the case, like I smell pussy, is that you, Woody Johnson? Like that's that's it. Like seriously, if you think that's we talk about loser talk, like, that's loser talk right there. Like if you think Aaron Rodgers is gonna bring you a Super Bowl, then trade us an unprotected first round pick. Like do it. Like that if you were that confident, like put your dick on the table. Like and that's what I at least admire about NBA trades. They put their dick on the table. They're like, fuck it. We'll give you first round pick. If it comes back to fight us in the ass, we'll just figure it out later. And I, I respect that about the NBA versus NFL trades. Yeah, that's true. Because you can always trade somebody. Yeah. Yeah. There's always somebody unhappy, you know. But before um, before we ride out, last last thing. I we're watching the halftime of uh Pelicans Thunder. You have Greedy, Stephen A, Jalen Rose. It's what time is it in New York? It's almost eleven. Who do you think's the most unhappy to be there? <laughs> Stephen A for sure. Uh well, Greeny probably because Yeah, it's Greeny. It has he has be. a morning he has an early morning show, doesn't he? Yeah. Greedy's probably like, well, I'm just I'm just gonna sleep here. Like I'm just, you know, I yeah. I'll get a cot. I uh, won't see my wife and I'll, I'll just get up ready for get up by progressive. And, and that's what it'll be like. And the only that, reason he's doing this shit is for the extra million dollars. Oh yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, greedy, greedy as the lead NBA thing never really made a lot of sense. Uh, but I think like after all the drama between Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, they were like, all right, let's just, let's just go with the fail safe. Let's, you know, just pull the greedy plug. And yeah, greedy is kind of their Bob Costas, which is crazy, crazy to think about. Yeah, it'll be Malika eventually, I'm sure. Yeah, at some point, you know, one of the one of the top tier Giannis haters um, that that's out there in the game. Yeah, well, people forget, people forget well, she tried to she tried to move Giannis after the uh, Toronto series think, loss. Like this is true. This is true, and I'm not excusing it, but think of who her employer is. Well, right, yeah. Exactly. Fucking so. biggest bunch of snakes out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, fuck Woj forever. Um, is is a is something that we go forward. And now, now with the new CBA, they could they could start talking to their free agents the day after the finals. I'm sure there's going to be no tampering, Mitch. I'm sure there will be absolutely no tampering that goes on. Uh, with that rule, teams can talk to their own free agents, right? Right. At right, yeah, like there's a fucking novel idea. Jesus Christ, they should have did that 20 years ago. NBA, man, just, yeah, it's all, it's, it's very interesting. Um, well, uh, I will, uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, we, we are doing a live show from Morgan Wallet. I know that word that was talked about, but I uh, just couldn't uh, figure it out with the AmFam, the sound, just a lot going on there. Uh, Mitch being, being a big Morgan Wallet yeah. fan, as, as we all know. Yeah, they, they didn't. Turns out they didn't want to do a Wisconsin sports podcast to open for them. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I Morgan does have a song called "The '98 Braves." I was listening a little bit today, and I I don't know how if he's gonna sing that song. Like, what do you do at baseball stadiums? Like, no one really likes the fucking Braves. Like, is that just a song for Atlanta? Do you change it to like the? Because it's about like a girl break. He's basically using. The 98 Braves lost the Padres. Or maybe the 96 Braves, whatever. Whatever team lost the Padres in the NLCS, um, he uses that as like a, like him and a girl breaking up. So it's like, do you use another team as an example? Do you just not use the song? Do you acknowledge that there's not Braves fans in the crowd? 
I don't know. Like, maybe do they not give a shit? And it'd be only maybe like do the the fifty-eight Braves or whenever they moved. Yeah, Milwaukee. That, yeah, actually, that's not a bad idea. You could do that. Uh, you you could yeah, because yeah, you the cadence probably doesn't work with Braves and Brewers. You know, you're you're more of the musician here than I am, so uh, you you know more. Yeah, it's yeah, you could probably do it. It's not rocket science. It just yeah. sounds a little dumb, but right, no, for sure. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we'll have our cup will be full of playoff overreactions. Who do you think we're Bucks are going to play? Heater, Heater Bulls. Wow, uh, probably the Heat. Uh, I think I think it'll be the Heat too. But we'll see. All right, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, um, and we'll get closer to the draft as well. And who knows what other Brewer stuff we have going on as well. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. And we'll see you tomorrow for Friday's pod. Peace. Peace.